Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. Hello from sunny, sunny, sunny Lisbon, Portugal. And hot. And it's hot. And I say sunny because is it unusually bright here? It seems like it's really bright. Like the sun is really amazing. I don't know what it is, close to the ocean or something like that. Probably. Anyway, um, we are so excited to share with you a bunch of stuff on today's podcast. We, before leaving for Portugal to meet my family here, and we're kind of traveling and sightseeing, um, we spent nine days in La Grande Motte. Uh, taking advantage of a lot of the training courses that are offered through Ultramare Week. And we wanted to talk about a lot of the training. I mean, I was so tired after that week, weren't you? Oh, it's yeah. It's a lot. That, well, for <laughs> me, it was nine days in a row of classroom. Yeah, that was a lot. And I did a lot of sailing. So what we're going to cover today are things like uh, some of the classes we took on the boat. So we'll talk a little bit about, about that. Um, diesel, electronics, celestial navigation, electrical, weather. electrical systems, weather, things like that. So there's a lot packed into this podcast on training uh, versus doing individual podcasts on each topic. We thought we would sum it all up because we took it all at one time, basically. Mm -hmm. The only thing we didn't take was medical, right? And um, uh, a couple, there are a couple other, other training classes that uh, offshore safety or something. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple other training classes that uh, we will need to take in the right. subsequent. But the big picture is that um, we are so excited to be doing this uh, with Otomir in our past experience buying a boat they sort of threw us the keys and <laughs> sail was, away sail away and you know <laughs> and don't, don't get don't back come to back us. yeah <laughs> and um this has been completely different and we think that's really exciting to share and uh want to kind of talk about all the different things we've been able to take advantage of with Uchimera going through these courses yeah, yeah i mean it's as we were it it seems so normal like and then we had to take a step back and say wait we had a whole different experience the first time around. Yeah. And and now it sounds, as you go through it, it just makes sense that you're just not sailing a boat, but you're sailing a whole experience yeah. and, and making sure you are as ready as possible when, when you get the keys. Yeah. And I think that's their philosophy, just to kind of cover that real quick, is, you know, they seem to, there's, they're certainly selling boats, like that's what they do, right? Mm. But what they they seem to care about is making sure your project, they call it these projects when, mm. when people buy boats and, and plan their travel and their sailing, they want to make sure the projects are successful, that both people feel comfortable sailing the boat and operating the boat, and that um, they're giving as much information as possible which I think is great. Yeah, a lot of hands-on right. with the sailing days, mm -hmm. the, the Utomer Academy, and then the unique feature also there for uh, ladies only. Yeah, classes. there's there's some great ladies courses. And um, I also recorded a podcast with uh, Nikki Henderson, which will be a future podcast I'm excited to share too about that. So let's dive right in. So on what we'll do in this podcast is we'll just go day by day because that's how we took it. And you can kind of, you know, think about um, think about the topics we cover in that context. We also posted some really quick summary videos on our Facebook page and our Instagram at Sailing Owen. They're just really little slideshows and gives you a taste and feel for what we did. If you want to check that out. And it shows how 
every day we got a little bit more tired. Yeah, every day we got a little bit more. I was toast by the end. Because you have the training, but you have all the social oh, yeah. uh, stuff around it. I know. Mean. By the time the last party was, whenever that was on, what was that, Saturday night or Sunday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. I was just like, oh my gosh, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> so tired. But anyway, uh, it was all great stuff. Um, yeah. Met amazing people from all over the world. Uh, also met some some really cool listeners to our podcast, which was really fun. Yeah, from Australia. Well, halfway around the world. Yeah, it was really cool. So um a couple of listeners actually were there, but yeah. yeah. So um, let's dive in. So Celestial Navigation, that was your day one. Uh, yeah, that was my first weekend. So that was, uh, yeah, Saturday, Sunday mm-hmm. while you were sailing. I was sailing. Yep. I was laboring mm-hmm. in a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. I had been wanting to take a Celestial Navigation class for a long time. Um, curious about, you know, the... the uh, the knowledge, the what's what's behind it. I had read a book, uh, which I highly recommend, Longitude. It's a small book, but it's uh, really good about explaining uh, how all these countries like England and France and we're trying to figure out, you know, how to... Uh, uh, Help uh, sailors, like a, standard, a standardized way to... Yeah. yeah. So at the time, the the, the the key was trying to find a way to, well, they were going different ways, but one was uh, trying to find a way to have an accurate clock. And so it's a, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. And so finally, I was able to take a, a class like this. So the first day uh, was uh, really the focus was on noon sites. Um, and then we were able to um, kind of... Um, where there were different sextants there and so we were able to go outside and and play with it um the second day uh so i and all these classes um this class was in french which was interesting for me because i realized how my brain worked Mm -hmm. taking notes is like even though the course was in french and i had no problem was following (laughs) luckily but uh, when i was typing my notes it was like coming up as typing in english the stuff i didn't know was coming in french so that was quite funny so anyway the second day i don't even know how in english it is but it's the principe de la droite de hauteur uh, basically when the sun is not at noon and so some other way so my my takeaway from the two-day class was like okay i definitely my next step is going to be well first buy a sextant uh, probably oh one more thing to buy yeah probably a plastic <laughs> one but because we were like living this nomadic life for another year plus i'm like okay i'm not going to buy anything else now because otherwise we have right to. no we're not buying anything else <laughs> after after the kiteboard where it's yeah. enough to lug around so i'll have to wait for that until mm-hmm. we get the boat uh but my focus will be um uh, just trying to practice noon sites and uh, the second day was definitely very interesting but it requires a uh, quite a little bit more uh, it's a little bit more involved so I think I'll be happy uh, to do this and uh, just during a crossing and stuff like play with that and then we'll see as we go if I want to dive into uh, yeah uh, more but depth. what you told me is you thought that it was really useful to understand how to do the noon sites it takes practice and I remember on 59 north when I did the passage from Key West to Bermuda my sailing buddy Bruce he was trying to take the the noon sites and I mean it was involved so it does take practice and um you know good to know how to do it but uh hopefully we won't ever be in a situation where we absolutely have to rely on it but certainly good to have on the boat and know how to do it yeah yeah it's more uh, 
personal interest slash um, do this for fun, hoping you never have to use it. But one day if you, if, if for you some do, reason, yeah. I mean, uh, you have to use it, then at least you're not like, okay, where are my yeah. notes? Because it's that's, kind of like that's, it's kind of like algebra, right? It's not like, going to happen <laughs> to just like yeah. take a book. So I think you need to, um, mm-hmm. uh, to do, uh, to be prepared and then, um, just practice and, and just have fun with it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and while you were in a classroom doing that, I was in a uh, mixed Uchimir cl- sailing class on the water, learning how to sail and maneuver the boat. Uh, it was great. Mixed meaning it was mixed men and women. They, they as Stefan said, they do a ladies only class, uh, which I also took advantage of that week. Um, as it turned out, this class was mostly women. There was, there was one man on, on board. Um, and it was great. I mean, learning how to, how the reefs operate, learning how to put the sails up, learning, you know, where the different, uh, lines and sheets on the boat were, because it's different than our boat, obviously, and, and how to operate everything and, and safely maneuver in, in the Harbor, in tight quarters. Um, it's very different than our boat, um, which is, which is, definitely our old boat, uh, which is definitely heavier. So when we were docking, I was over anticipating, um, and stopping too early to avoid, you know, kissing the dock. Uh, so I had to get used to that. I think with the light displacement boat, it's just very, very responsive, uh, to whatever you touch, um, cause it moves more quickly. So how is your French sailing terminology? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I learned the grand voile and you know, all that stuff. So that, that means you were on a boat mostly. Main sheet. Well, they were, or- it was mixed and she, our teacher spoke English. So she explained everything in English as well as French, but, uh, it was certainly kind of cool. Sometimes I got information before everybody else and I was the first one to know what to do. And sometimes things were happening on the boat and people were kind of scurrying around and I had no idea what was going on. But, um, I think all in all the, the instructors were, uh, that was Flavia, uh, on that course that instructors were just amazing overall and uh, really great experience. The next two days after that, I took the lady sailing class while you were um, laboring in the classroom again. In the diesel, and while you were sailing. Yeah, so I was sailing, <laughs> and you were doing diesel mechanics. But yeah, so I'll just dive into the lady sailing. So that was taught by Nikki Henderson, uh, who is a uh, very well respected, famous, famous. Uh, <laughs> she's she's kind of a badass um, sailor, and in and, and racing. She does racing too. And she's just an amazing instructor. I, all of the instructors are amazing. Uh, but it was really great to see uh, how she did things, how she explained things, how the different instructors explained things differently uh, mm-hmm. was really great. Um, and I think that's a cool thing. It's, yeah. It's, they're all great instructors, but they have a different style. They're all different. Yeah. And you learn from each, right. from each instructor, from each style. Yeah. And the women's course was was also really unique. Uh, she, um, you know, pushed us, and in a good way. You know, it wasn't intimidating or anything like that, but uh, definitely helped us understand. And there were people who had all levels of experience on the boat, from never like having touched anything on a boat to people who you know had been living on a boat previously or had sailed 
a lot. And uh, it, it was really, really, really good to understand. I, I feel so empowered now, like knowing how to reef that boat, because then we get on it. I don't have to ask you, oh, should we reef? I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that it kind of makes me feel, I don't know, it makes me feel more, more confident. Everyone had to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. without any input from yeah the like she will explain it she'll explain okay here's what we're going to do uh well both of them did explain here's what here's what we're going to do and then we'll demonstrate and then everybody goes through and does it and it's like okay you do it and you're like oh and then you got to think through okay first i have to do this then i have to do that then i have to do this and it it forces us to kind of think think it through i mean i think that the challenge with sailing as a couple when one person has more knowledge than the other one is the focus is on doing the maneuver and getting it done, mm -hmm. not actually learning or teaching the maneuver. So it's like, you know, pull this red line and you're like, okay, and you're pulling the red line, but you don't necessarily know where it is in that little procedure in the, in the yeah. maneuver. And so next time you're like yeah. in the same position and it's like, okay, pull the red line and you never actually know what, how it all works together. So, What these instructors do is they teach you, you know, all the steps to the procedure, say like reefing. And so then when you're kind of going through it, I know exactly which steps to take in what order and, you know, what problems could happen so I can manage risk through that. And um, also, you know, just overall understanding, even knowing how to do it all, all on my own, which is great. On these boats, it's a little more technical than our, uh, our, our boat before. But uh, very intuitive and easy to get around the boat. So that was really good. So how was your diesel class? Diesel was good. Uh, I had taken a diesel class before. So plus, you know, the past two years, obviously you had to uh, kind of uh, keep an eye on our... Yeah, it was more like engines. babysitting the engines, not yeah. so much fixing So anything. I think, you know, my takeaway from, from those classes is, you know, the first whatever, two, I, I don't remember the length of the warranty uh, for Volvo engines, but uh, the first couple of years during the warranty, you're basically not allowed to touch the engine, otherwise you could yeah. waive the warranty. So what you're doing is like regular checks on all the fluids and stuff like this. So I think, uh, um, so the, the class um, is helpful, I think, in a way where You, you get hands-on, you get to understand all the fundamentals, how that works and, you know, the, uh, but I think it's, it's not because you're going to have to use it in the first couple of years. It's more when you buy a new boat, when you buy a new yeah, boat. Yeah. yeah. But it's more, you're going to have some technicians are going to come to do the service. Or if you were to have a problem, at least you have a good understanding and you yeah. have a, the vocabulary to ask questions and stuff like this. And I think for, if you buy, buy a brand new boat, you know, that's, that's the, and sometimes the, important. figuring yeah. out what the problem is, you know, is the thing that takes the time too. So mm -hmm. being able to do diagnostics before yeah. you involve a technician also could save money. Right. Um, yeah. And, and also then you can go on to, uh, uh, Facebook groups and stuff like this and say, here's what I've done and, you mm -hmm. know, and is what I observe. And so at least you need that, that kind of a, the skill set uh, to, to understand the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you know, tomorrow you're not going to yeah. have to yeah. do some heavy <laughs> mechanical things. 
so that that's kind of the, you know the big takeaway of of getting comfortable um, around an engine. Yeah. And um, so that's that's it. Okay. And then on the Wednesday, we took a couple classes, and you know we'll kind of breeze through this this day quickly. We took a a knots class, like for for knots and and doing fixes on lines and things like that. And then uh, a summary of the electronics well, piece. N- not, I mean, knots. It was called, it was called knots. That no, was no, it was rope work. Rope work, Running, okay. rigging, and modern textiles. Not, yeah. <laughs> not knots. I don't think we've done any knots. It's more, um, um, basically, we had to, uh, kind of an explanation about the different types of, of ropes that are available today, available today yeah. and plus and minuses of each. Uh, we've done some splicing uh, mm-hmm. with some dynamite lines, uh, which I had played with uh, in the first like, past two years. And um, yeah, so that, that was kind of the big takeaway of this class to try to understand the pros and cons of each, you know, yeah, and different modern uh, yeah. I, I I think this class uh, for me, there's a lot on YouTube that you could you kind of get a lot out of. Um, and, you know, if you have time at home to practice doing some splices and things, I think that's that's fine. I don't know yeah. that you need a class on it. Uh, same probably. Oh, it's, it's half day. It's an introduction. Yeah, it was it's okay. Not, um, I think, but the key thing is, yeah, once, I mean, train at home um, and also um, save some YouTube videos that, that are, that are good, yeah. good that you feel that, that you good to use. So when you need it later, like and you need to do whatever splice, then you know you don't spend like half a day looking for those videos on your little SIM card, yeah. and you have those saved in advance. So yeah, but yeah, it's like everything. It was an introduction. Now it's you know you want to practice, and um, yeah, yeah. So then the second half of the day, and and I'll breeze through this because you took kind of a whole day kind of diving into details on it, but um, it was just the, the overall electronics systems on the on the boats. Um, I think I mentioned before, the Uchmeras come with B&G. I mean, you can get anything, but kind of the ones that they recommend are B&G, which is a new system for us. So we met with uh, Pochon, mm-hmm. and they kind of gave a summary of everything, all of the p- potential options and, and pros and cons of the systems and things like that. So it was pretty high-level high summary. Yeah, again, half a day, but it, it was a good uh, overview of the um, different, I mean, the different communication equipment, safety equipment, um, and then uh, and what are all the options that are being offered. Um, so... So now, I mean, we'll have a, a meeting with Pochon directly when we come back to La Grande Matte at the end of June, and then we'll start yeah. um, uh, diving into what options we're going to select. But I think that was very useful to to have that and have that presentation uh, given to us. Um, so we it'll make the, the meeting um, much more kind of a valuable. And just a summary, uh, Prochon is the electronics dealer uh, in in Europe that we have spent the most time with. I think they have offices all over France. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, And lots of discussion in that group about Starlink uh, and and all of that, which is also, I think, not ready, but certainly interesting to see it develop further in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All right. So then the next day I took electrical, uh, which is so I could get an understanding of power and uh, the electrical system in the boat and understand how all that works. And, you know, like uh, what I learned from it is the electrical seems really daunting and intimidating, but it's actually a pretty simple system, but a lot could go wrong and, uh, you know, create big problems. So just understanding a little bit about electricity on a boat and how, how it all kind of ties together and what goes where and, you know, what lines to check for and what problems to kind of see and diagnose. I thought that was really useful. Same as diesel, you know, you never... I, I don't think either of us would want to fix any electrical problem on our boat ourselves. Well, fix maybe if there was like maybe. basic stuff, but we're not going to uh, yeah, but set up any new no, systems or... Install something ourselves, right. But that it was interesting is to just be able to understand how to diagnose problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really good. And then you spent the whole day nope. kind of again... Half a day. Half a day, sorry, with Pochon. Um, yeah, so well. that was a follow-up to the, the electronics class we had the, uh, the day before. This one was uh, electronics configuration. So what was nice is you go on a boat, on an automatic boat, and, and the first part was looking at the system on the boat where things, the, the NMEA uh, bus runs on the boat. And so you, you practically see where it's being installed. And then, the, and then the second part was more about the different parameters that you can configure. Um, so uh, quite hands-on, uh, very useful to yeah. get a good understanding. And it's cool because uh, the pictures you showed me, they pulled the panels off and you can really see everything. Yeah, yeah. So, so they, cool. I mean, and the great thing is, yeah, you, you get those technicians and those experts and you can ask questions right and um so it's because these systems can be a little bit of a black box once they're all installed and everybody walks away you're like where where is everything <laughs> you know? yeah and and just to feel comfortable mm. again if you have like a, i mean there are many pieces of equipment that are plugged into this mm -hmm. main bus and then if something doesn't start or whatever like you know that you can at least again do the first step of troubleshooting and you know on your own But if you've never looked at it before, then you're mm -hmm. like, oh, where do I start? Right. Yeah. Right. And then the next day was really fun. It was safety at sea. Mm -hmm. And we spent the morning doing, uh, you know, the theory in, in the class and what could go wrong and potential problems, just an overall summary of risk management and, and how to think about risk on the boat. Um, probably nothing completely out of what you would imagine were things to look out for, you know, fire, fire safety, you know, things like this. Um, but the second half of the day was super fun because we put on these, what are they called? Immersion suits? Survival suits. Survival immersion suits, uh, which mm. we all looked like Teletubbies. I posted some pictures online. It's so funny. Um, but anyway, we, we did that and um, we uh what do you call it? inflated a life raft mm -hmm. i was gonna say exploded a life raft but yeah pretty much it was like an explosion <laughs> so we threw it in the water you know it filled up with air and then we practiced getting in and out of it and and what it was like to have six people in it with the tent over the top and yeah i could definitely see how someone would get seasick and i could definitely also see that was flat water in the in the harbor, harbor yeah so um you know they some and no stress no stress <laughs> yeah and and um the instructor kind of got on top and like jumped up and down to try to simulate simulate waves, waves. Yeah. and we had to learn how to tip it 
over, you know, if it kind of flips over what yeah. happens and, um, yeah, that was definitely something I'm glad we did that to know how to do it again. Again, it's one of those things that you hope you never have to do. Um, but yeah, I had attended classes like these that were required for the races I did to Hawaii, but it's just one thing when you look at it mm -hmm. versus here, you're actually doing it. So right. now it's like, okay, uh, I don't know if we will buy survival suits because uh, we're going to be in warm latitudes. Well, and we have wetsuits, but I mean, I can see how it'd be stressful to pull a wetsuit on if you're like... Yeah, but just to yeah. know how to put one, how it feels when you jump in the water, how to remove the air, you know, to how to flip it back up, get the life raft, how to get in and all these little things that you've done at least once and you have now a reference uh -huh. and so if it happens you you're like okay let's remember like we've done it once or how to stay like they teach you how you know if you're outside your life raft and you're in the survival suits and had to different techniques on how to basically stay together stay together and float and, together yeah and then yeah. how to move together yeah, yeah. and also how to um uh, make a position with uh, you know whatever crew people on the uh, on the water and to to try to be seen better by an helicopter so all these little tips and that we practiced uh yeah that was super fun and super valuable yeah really now it, valuable. it takes the mystery out of it yeah, yeah you've for done sure. it once and then we uh we practiced hauling someone uh for a man overboard mm -hmm. hauling him up um And that was, I, th I think, also really good to do. That's, that's something you always say, oh, let's practice doing that. And then you never do it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. at the dock, like the two of us, we talked about doing that last season, but we never did. And so actually doing it, I think, is really good. It's like, okay, I could see how I could get you back on the boat. Um, yeah. The problem is because when it happens, it's the sea state is yeah. probably going to be bad. So you cannot, and, and the freeboard on those boats is really high. And, right. And, and getting on the boat from from the stern from the back when the boat is like going up and down that's like you dangerous. could really so, bash your brains so out yeah you basically have to do it midship and then um so so that's that would be the the proper technique that we we practice to get somebody back you know? right yeah i mean i definitely would not want to do that but it's good to know how to do it for sure yeah You're not freestyling. Yeah, like, you, oh. You can all, I mean, and it's great, great that we both attended the same training because now that's the reference right. for both of us. Right, so, so if you were incapacitated, I, you know, I would know how to do yeah. it. Yeah, and we're yeah. not, like, we both know what to expect. Right. Whoever is in the water, if it were to happen, like, we know, right. what, we've seen it uh, both. And so, so it's great. Right. Um, and then... Uh, I was able to do the racing days for two days and that was super fun, um, for me because I'd never, I, I think we were, we were in the rally last year, I think. So last year was called the Tumorous Cup. Yeah. We did one day, uh, one, one day, day where yeah. it was, um, uh, that was racing. kind of like our trial sale at the same mm -hmm. time. I think you were helping out. I was just kind of trying to stay out of the way because I've never been in a race before. So everything was happening really quickly. Um, but this time I actually knew what I was doing and <laughs> was Dangerous. part of the racing crew um, for two days. And uh, again, I was lucky to be on the boat where Nikki was the was the skipper and she was definitely in race mode. Uh, it was really, really, really fun. And uh, it was definitely... 
also the boats get really close together and, um, you know, it's good to see. I, I don't really want that to be happening, you know, as we're cruising the boats getting that. I mean, they were just feet apart at the starting line, mm-hmm. which is a little sketchy. Um, but the skippers all knew what they were doing. So, you know, nothing happened, but I was like, wow, this is, this is intense and doing all the different, uh, points of sale, doing them quickly, understanding how the sail trim happens quickly. That was a completely different experience than taking the sailing classes. I felt like I probably learned more on this, on the racing days because you do the maneuvers so much more, mm-hmm. maybe not learned more, maybe the better way to describe it is I learned how to do it on the sailing days. And then you practice with the racing days because you're doing them over and over again and committing it to muscle memory, like well, what's going to happen yourself in an environment where you have to perform. Right. So it's one thing you say, okay, I know how to do this maneuver versus now I'm going to put myself it's out more of, of a, my comfort yeah. zone and, and trying to do it quickly and well. It's kind of a high pressure situation, especially yeah. when you have like this amazing skipper at the <laughs> helm and, and um, she knows what she's doing and she's, you know, competitive. So we all wanted to compete the best we could with the boat we had and the crew we had. So yeah. um, that and the sails we had. So it, it was it was really, really great experience. And I would definitely recommend Um, you know, if you live somewhere where you have access to the water for fun, if you can get on some race boats, um, you know, in your area, you know, if we were in San Francisco, I think I would want to do that more. Yeah. They have been the U S probably everywhere. Mm -hmm. They have what they call this, uh, uh, the Friday night races, maybe some other days, Mm -hmm. but it's the beer can races. So it's, uh, it's racing, but informal. And skippers and owners always accept like some crew to get on last minute. You know, you might not do something on the boat, but just to just observing what's going on. And then most likely they'll sell a downwind sail. They'll set up a downwind sail spinnaker. And then just observing that also is very valuable. Takes the mystery. And just, yeah, just watching everything be done multiple times. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when I first got on our, our Fountain Peugeot, you know, having never really been in a race and having not that much experience putting up different sales, you know, you kind of, you do them one at a time. You do sale changes not that often when you're cruising, uh, especially when we were having to motor a lot. And um, just watching how quickly these sales can come up and down, you know, just to do the different points of sale in a race. It, again, it just takes some mystery out of, Oh, we're doing, we're putting up the spinnaker. Oh no, it's this big, it's this big thing. It's really not a big thing. You just have to know how to do it properly. It builds your confidence. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, you had, you've had racing experience, but you know, this was my first and I felt like it was just, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of got into it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you, when you came back. Oh, I came back. Say, and, how was your day? And you said. Oh yeah. So I said it was an expensive day. And then immediately you thought I broke something. I was like, Oh yeah. Ouch. And, and what I meant okay. was, Oh no, now, you know, we're going to want to, I don't know, do you, more things. You on got the hooked boat. onto yeah. the performance so, side of it. It may be like different sales. I don't know. So <laughs> we, we still haven't figured out our sales plan, sale plan. So we're working through that. I thought, although I think we're sort of leaning to the Genoa setup, which we'll talk about more in, in a future episode. And then you did weather, which is a first in a uh, four part. Uh, no, it was level one of the first set of classes 
of, of four days, right? Yeah, so level one is one weekend, and then um, in a couple of weeks, that will be level two, so that will be another weekend. So it's total of four-day um, class about weather, which I was excited about. Um, something I've learned about weather, obviously, along the way, but to take like a four-day class um, that goes into mm -hmm. like really details, um, I was like super excited about that. So um, it was definitely, uh, uh, I mean, the, the class was really, really good. And uh, and the, what you do as you start cruising is, you know, you have those apps and with uh, uh, like Windy, they're very visual, download some grip files in the background and, and you start relying solely on, on, on these. And uh, one of the problems, for example, is when you're at sea, uh, you're uh, relying on a because you have limited um, uh, data uh, bandwidth uh, with your Iridium Go. So you're going to look at this small um, uh, kind of a area around you, but you don't see the bigger systems mm -hmm. and, and the bigger picture. And so it's it's easy to just solely rely on that. And and but that's uh, kind of like the one of the big takeaway of this classroom is is. Yes, it's important information, but you need uh, to also uh, rely on to on weather maps and weather files that are being uh, that are available and mm -hmm. you can download, and so you really understand the bigger picture and and combine, you know, what use visual tools with grid files with weather maps with also with the observations you have uh, with clouds and sea state and, you know, and wind directions mm -hmm. and atmospheric pressure and all these things put it together and really become your little uh, weather <laughs> man. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of the, the big takeaway and the intent of, of the class to be at self-sufficient as, as possible. Yeah, I, I would like to be as self-sufficient as possible when it comes to weather for sure, because that's the big outlier, right? Like that's the big unknown and it has obviously the most effect on your safety. And, um, the thing is, is I think when we do the Atlantic crossing, I would still like to have additional support, which you can buy these services for, um, which is helpful, but definitely understanding, you know, how to use weather and which apps to use, right? Cause even in the med, you go to different countries and there's different sources that is more accurate than other sources for the local weather and um, having kind of that context and seeing it in action, super helpful. Yeah. I mean, you had some tips about, you know, those different uh, forecast models that you mm -hmm. see on, on those different apps and, and then, you know, you kind of see it about cruisers say, oh, this one is more accurate. And you start using one and, and then you look at it, you'll be, oh, this one is not accurate. Look at this. But then you start to dive like he, got, he gave us some good tips. You know, it's just if you're near the coast and if you if you look at like uh, the forecast model, for example, GFS, this is kind of a low resolution. So it's great when you're in the ocean. Uh, that's that's sufficient. But um, now when you're near the coast of near Gibraltar, for example, uh, it might give you like a wind direction that is totally different from mm -hmm. something with a low uh, with a high resolution. Mm -hmm. And so you want to look, uh, make sure you look, you pick the right forecast model, uh, depending on where you are in the ocean or close to the coast. And yeah, because I never knew the difference of any of those really. Like you know, 
sort of, I would be like, oh, this one seems to be more accurate. And yeah. And then you fall into yeah. this, like, okay, it's more accurate. That's what I'm going to use all the time. But basically right. they're all fairly accurate. You just have to know which when one to use. To use. One. And, um, and then depending of uh, where you are, or also some other pointers that he gave us about those grid files is that it's basically an average of the established throwing. And, uh, and what he demonstrated, it's basically underestimated by 20%. So it's it's important to just keep in mind that you know the weather forecast on these scrape files it's you know it's to, a forecast it's a forecast yeah. and it, it might you know it'd be important to add another 20 percent uh to what the what the wind is um is suggesting here and so there was there was a lot of like useful tips and kind of reframe um how you're supposed to do your own weather on your own boat and and so basically do a lot of preparation and 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 be um what would be the word like um um i'm trying to find the the right word but uh like will you repeat the same task over and over oh yeah, like, yeah. Uh, repetition yeah and, <clears throat> and so to to never cut a corner get get into a, a model that you follow and and then just rigorously uh, do it every mm -hmm. time. And a procedure so, for like yes, checking weather. exactly. Right. And so, and I totally agree. Like, I mean, I think as you go through this class, you understand the benefit of having uh, an online, that kind of mm -hmm. weather Support. router, mm -hmm. because, you know, you, you'll download those files, you know, a couple of times a day, but somebody can be monitoring, mm -hmm. you know, the big picture. They can have high uh, bandwidth uh, mm -hmm. on land and they can really look at many, many uh, sources that you cannot do uh, mm -hmm. on, on, the, on the water. So you want um, that, that kind of expertise and, and that knowledge to complement, you know, uh, with your own weather routing. Mm -hmm. And so again, important to speak the same language and, and, and also you're the one seeing things that are happening on the water. So you can give back observations and stuff like this. So mm -hmm. I think it's totally complementary. Yeah. So that kind of summed up the week. We're going back and I'm going to spend two more days. Well, you, you skip all the social. I'm going to go back to the social. <laughs> Just a minute. <laughs> so that so you're going to do the weather level two and I'm going to do two more days of sailing with Flavia on a ladies only boat. But I'm before we do the electricity. So oh, you are. Because instead of taking the one day, uh, I'm taking a two day. Right. Electricity class. Yeah. And I'll take another weather class at a different, um, and I took one in Annapolis too, but I, I don't know where I kept all my notes. So anyway, but so the last day before we left to come to Lisbon was a, it was great. We had a big kind of soiree, a party. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but every night we were able to meet people and have dinner with people and chat with people and, you know, who were, who were also getting their boats, make connections and, it, you know, these owner groups are just so important. Otomir has one, other boat companies kind of, if they don't have them, they're informally on Facebook uh, where you could, you know, get into an owner's group <clears throat> or an online community. It's the most useful, I think, part is is making those connections and what we love about the sailing community. Yeah, the great thing is we met people here, but everybody was basically getting a boat within the next year mm -hmm. um, was there. And so 
we met them here. Uh, We're going to see them again. Uh, yeah. Probably when some people are going to get their boats delivered, like maybe this summer. So we'll see them again while we're in La Grande Motte or Montpellier. L'Outremer uh, week, um, this because there are two a year, we'll probably see a lot of the same faces. So basically, while we're on land waiting for the boat to come out, um, yeah, you, you're establishing friendships. and, and then, uh, It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, we have friends. Yeah, we have a social life. <laughs> it's amazing. Which was not so much the case when we were working. Yeah, when we were working. Well, I mean, we did. It was just they were all work friends and, you know, or friends of your kid, like parents of your kids doing doing the sporting activities. So it's kind of nice to to build up the friendships in the sailing community. And also, I mean, we, we still have friends from the Fountain Peugeot owners yep. group too, that we keep in touch with. So that's also really great. So yeah, the social part definitely is a lot of fun. And, um, the, although we were having, I guess we were at the party and, uh, we went in to use the bathroom and they were so, like, sorry, you can't use the bathroom because all of the plumbing got, the what happened? Like the sewer line broke sewer or something? sewer line broke in the In the afternoon. yacht club or in the whole dock, was it? Because all the marina, none of the marina had toilets. Yeah, yeah. That was a major <clears throat> sewer, sewer pipe. And, and so they had to fix that. So It was so bizarre because we were walking to the party and I was like, I was looking. I was like, wow, someone dumped their blackwater tanks. That's really awful right there in the harbor. And it turned out it was actually the harbor that accidentally <laughs> let go of the sewer. So there was like crap all over the place. It was really nasty. Yeah. But anyway, it got figured out. Um, yeah, so that was a big week to cover. I know we went through a lot of stuff quickly, but uh, just wanted to give you a summary of everything we've learned and all the classes we took. If you have any other detailed questions about any specific class or what you know you think you want to get out of a class, there's classes offered obviously all over the place. Um, during the Annapolis Boat Show, they do a bunch of classes too. I think what we really appreciated for this was the classes were specific to Outremere. So the, you know, all the electronics, <clears throat> the electrical, the, the diesel, it was all very specific to that boat. And then the sailing courses are obviously all on Outremere. So it's, it's much more specific um, than getting on or, or sitting in a class about something that is just boats in general. So yeah. you definitely can ask questions about yeah. this and that for Outremere. Yeah, so. definitely great. So uh, I think that's all for this week. Again, drop us a line at sailingallen at gmail.com if you have any questions. And um, we will talk with you guys soon. Fair winds for now. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. (laughs) 